Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. Happy to go out to the 101 ESPN hotline to be joined by Katie Wu. She's the Cardinals insider for The Athletic, and you can find her on Twitter at Katie J. Wu. Katie, I hope you had a fantastic weekend. How are you doing today? I am good, guys. How are we doing after a rather disappointing homestand? Uh, gonna disagree. Great homestand. Cardinals saw some good things from the young guys, and they lost a bunch of games. Katie, we have turned the page on 2023. That is now what I'm deeming a success. I'm looking at the MLB draft lottery odds every single day now. You know, that's really funny because I actually think um, we as a, a fan base, as a media group, whatever, should be doing that. Um, and this is uncharted territory, right? We don't know how to handle a losing season to this degree, but it's really hard to, to look at a box score and see a loss and find it to be a positive, but that's what I saw yesterday with Zach Thompson. So I understand where you're coming from. It's not easy. It doesn't make me happy to say, but it's just the reality of the year. MLB.com, Katie, says the uh, projected first overall pick in 2024 is Chase Burns, a right-handed pitcher. So I'm starting, report. I'm starting, I'm starting <laughs> oh, the, here we go. I'm starting the hashtag burn it for Burns. Ooh, burn it down All for right, Burns. Yeah. So. Let's keep losing, Katie. Hashtag burn it for Burns. Um, Katie, <laughs> we got into a significant disagreement on the show, as we tend to do earlier today, about Zach Thompson, what we saw from him yesterday. Uh, what does Zach Thompson's finish to the season mean in terms of his role for 2024? Well, you guys disagree. and that, Yeah, that's not uncharacteristic <laughs> at all. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a really good question. One commends Zach Thompson for how he's handled his 2023 season. There has been a lot of mixed messaging in his role specifically, and I know part of that is part of the game, but let's think about it. He spent all of the offseason preparing to be a reliever. He comes and he does a pretty good job, has a couple of starts or appearances in April that aren't great, and he gets sent down to Memphis, and the the messaging is, okay, you're going to be in Memphis for the rest of the year, and you're going to be a starting pitcher to compete for 2024. And now he's just kind of back where it all started, where he's that long reliever. He can spot start if, if, if possible. And it's been, I think, really hard for Zach to make those adjustments on the fly. With that being said, I think Thompson is absolutely still a candidate to compete for the 2024 rotation. I know yesterday was just one outing, but it was a dominant one, very strong, a lot of good things. We saw that curveball. He's able to spot it up. Fastball command is much better. And let's face it, the Cardinals need many, many options in spring training next year for their rotation. If Zach Thompson can finish strong, I think he's absolutely a contender for that role. Katie, we've talked a lot about how the Cardinals talked about how they got to change their model for swing and miss stuff. Do you feel like they've got an issue in terms of developing these pitchers with mixed messagings, whether it is Zach Thompson or Matthew Libertor has gone through it too? Um, yes and no. I think that it's really hard when you are a triple A guy on the 40 man to have a plan to develop because something happens on the active roster. Those plans are going to be pushed to the side. That's just the nature of the game. Um, I do think there is a, a philosophy in the organization that development needs to be changed, especially with those pitchers on the brink of coming to the major leagues, because we've seen a lot of them. And let's, let's be honest. If you're coming from triple A and you're going to the major leagues, you're going to struggle at some point. That is part of the game. 
But I don't think we've seen what we could really, what the Cardinals could really get out of Matthew Libertor. I think we've seen flashes of that in Zach Thompson. Um, on the same t- at the same time, Andre Pallante last year, a success story, and he's more or less about what we expected him to be this year. So I think it just depends on the guy. But when you're looking at those top prospects, maybe it's just the nature that we have as, as a baseball society and overhyping these young prospects. Just because someone is a top prospect does not mean they're the next Cy Young. There are going to be struggles here, but I do think it's very fair to say the Cardinals need to reevaluate their development at their upper level minor league system if they really want to incorporate that swing and miss that they've said so, so clearly that they want to. Katie, I know after the game on, I think it was Saturday, Adam Wainwright talked a little bit, I guess it was Friday night, uh, about how he, he doesn't want to have the same conversations with the media after his games that he has had recently. It, it, it wasn't good. Three innings, nine hits, seven earned runs, walk, walked a couple. Really, the only way that he was able to get out early on was with the strikeout ball. He now has a 7.8 ERA on the season. I know they want so desperately to get him to 200 wins, and they want to do that with him as a starter. Is there going to come a point in time in your mind, whether it's based on your reporting or just your own opinion, where it makes more sense for them to try to get him that win out of the bullpen than it does by running him out there every fifth day down the stretch as a starter? I don't think Adam Wainwright would do that. I don't think Adam Wainwright is there to limp into 200. I don't think he's the type of competitor to be like, yeah, you know, just get me there and let me do the bare minimum of work to get these two remaining wins. That means so much to me. I think when what I respect so much about Adam is his ability to go out there and and try to earn it. And if it doesn't come as a starter, I don't think he's going to be down for the, yeah, let's put me in the bullpen and, you know, maybe we can luck into some wins there. I just can't see him saying that. This is really frustrating and a really disappointing season for Adam Wainwright, especially when you look at his career. I mean, I know the saying is father time is undefeated. And there are some rightful questions about the, the contract that they offered and the amount of uh, responsibility they were putting on Adam. But I don't think anyone would have predicted it being this difficult to watch. And really, when you're watching Wainwright as of late, I do think the stuff looks better. I do think the curveball looks better. He just still has that same problem of not being able to retire batters after two outs. I do think the Cardinals are going to give him as much opportunity as possible as a starter to get 200. That means so much to him. That means so much to the organization. Let's face it, the Cardinals aren't really competing for except for that draft pick. So I've already forgot the hashtag, but remind me again. Hashtag burn it Um, for burns, Katie. There it is. There we go. But... I do think Adam is also the type of competitor and the type of leader where if he just no longer has it, he's not going to say, yeah, take me from the bullpen and, and we'll like, we'll luck our way into win number 200. I just can't see him going for that. Speaking of the bullpen, Katie, Jojo Romero, he's been very impressive since he's been getting a more advanced role for this Cardinals team since Jordan Hicks has been traded and Helsley still being injured. Can he play his way into the Cards bullpen plans next year in a high leverage role? Absolutely. I think what you're seeing from a lot of these guys, and definitely JoJo Romero included, is more trust in their stuff, more confidence. You're not seeing JoJo nibble. You're not seeing JoJo go out there and, and willing to hit the strike zone, almost like you're, you're like fine-tuning your pitches. You uh, are so worried about where your location is that you're trying to will those pitches into location. You're seeing JoJo Romero go out there and confidently trust his stuff that they're going to land and play the way that he wants to. And that's been a big game changer. I mean, look at what's happening with Steven Matz. I think he's an entirely different as well. So there are opportunities as we shift to 2024 right now to see who could possibly be internal options for those roles next year. Now, I want to be very clear. Just 
have internal options and are doing what they're supposed to be doing for the next few months and figuring out what those internal options look like for next year does not mean they cannot go out and not do anything to add externally. The worst thing this team can do is look at their internal options and be like, oh, yeah, we have options. We're good to go. No, you are not. Go find somebody. Go trade for somebody. Go sign for free agents. It sounds like the front office has understood that. I mean, Mo has been on the record and said it multiple times, but I really want to reiterate, just because the Cardinals are experimenting internally with Libby, with Zach Thompson, with JoJo Romero, pick your poison, does not mean they should not be exploring the outside avenues for the offseason, and I think that they will be doing exactly that. And that apple that you're the the poison that you just mentioned it's a poisoned apple like don't go after that once again you you don't need to go down that path of trusting the internal options anymore don't just go get a guy go get the guy this offseason finally for the first time in a long time all right we're talking with katie Wu, cardinals insider for the athletic katie i did want to ask you about another internal option maybe for 2024 Luke and Baker is just tearing the cover off of the baseball down in AAA. 31 home runs for the Memphis Redbirds. He has an OPS on the season of over 1,100. It's not easy to find him at bats for this team. He's a first base only guy. He can play DH if you need him to, but he's a right-handed bat on a team that has a whole lot of guys that profile pretty similarly as Luke and Baker. Do you think we are going to see him down the stretch get some kind of an opportunity with this team? Yeah, this is interesting because I was thinking the same thing. One, Luke and Baker rakes. I mean, just an incredible season in AAA, and you're excited about that power. You're excited about what he can do with the bat. At the same time, he is defensively limited, and the Cardinals are in no position to play him right now because you look at this roster and you think, where is he going to play? Um, Now, maybe there's some flexibility now with Donovan out for the season, and there's a, a shift again in focus for being ready for 2024 where they could call him up. But, you know, they have a starting first baseman, and he happens to be pretty good. So I'm not quite sure where Luke and Baker can fit in. It seems like the Cardinals have a lot of this in the AAA level or those 4A guys who have the bat. They definitely have the bat tool, but there's nowhere to play them. We saw this with Juan says, and, and multiple, multiple guys. So I'm not sure where Luke and Baker fits in on this active roster. Do I think he's having an incredible season in AAA? Absolutely. Has he earned uh, some playing time at the major league level? Probably. Where that fits in, I don't know yet. I'm not sure the Cardinals know either. Maybe we'll see him closer in September, but I think for now the Cardinals are really trying to figure out, you know, what they have with their team. And, you know, I know this maybe might not be the most believable thing, how the Cardinals games have gone as of late, but the guys on the active roster right now have no intention of losing out the rest of the season. They do. They are actively trying to win every single game. It's just, you know not really going that way in terms of the box score. So I think there is a a message from the organization that just because this is going to be a losing season doesn't mean the Cardinals are going to go out there and and intentionally lose the rest of their games, of course. I think they owe it to their fan base. They owe it to the people that buy tickets to put out their best product on the field. I'm not sure where Luke and Baker fits in that just yet. Katie, the proper answer to Luke and Baker is on another team. He rakes on another team like Patrick. Yeah, Wisdom. he's most likely most likely going to be doing that. Yeah, like just to be the next all-star for whoever he's going to get traded to. He's going to hit 25 home yeah. runs and bat like 230 for somebody next yeah. year. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying anything against Luke and Baker, but that, that feels like it's oh. kind of his future. Hashtag burn it for Burns. Uh, final question, Katie. <laughs> we'll get you out of here on this one. Are you willing to talk yourself into Tyler O'Neill again next year? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. 
I, at the risk of being caught up in the hype, because I've always believed Tyler O'Neill to be a very high caliber player when healthy. And of course, we know that when healthy, it's carrying a lot of weight. But we all saw what that outfield defense looked like in the first half, and it was not pretty. And there is something so comforting in knowing off the, off the read of the bat, if that ball is going to the left field area in general, you can tell by Tyler O'Neill's first two steps if that ball is going to be caught. And more often than not, it is going to be caught. And it's a breath of fresh air to have that defense back for the Cardinals that they've just truly been lacking all around the diamond. The, the bat's always going to be what, it's, what it is, right? He's not going to be a player that hits for average, but he certainly has that power. He has that dynamic speed on the bases. He is a very high-caliber player. And I think finally what Ollie Marmel and Tyler O'Neill are doing and having communication and having rest days, the Cardinals can buy into that and they can get away with that because they have such a versatile team with utility players. That kind of communication only gets better when Brendan Donovan is back next year. So I can buy into it right now. I do think, though, if Tyler O'Neill finishes out with the last few months healthy and boosts that trade value, he's certainly in talks to be traded over the offseason. But right now, I'm genuinely enjoying watching Tyler O'Neill play the outfield. It's been a minute since we saw left field handled so confidently there. Uh, and it's, it's been fun. He's he's playing like the guy that we saw in 2021. And it just makes you wonder, like, where where was this earlier in the season? Because even when he was healthy, he wasn't quite the same guy. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Tyler O'Neill will be an interesting candidate for this offseason for sure. Katie, we'll be reading your work over at The Athletic. Thanks for hopping on with us today as always. Enjoy your trip out to Kansas City later this week, and we'll talk with you again early next week. Yep, guys, you got it. Talk soon.